to help your business stand out on social media, you've got to consistently share compelling content that catches the attention of your potential clients. But keeping up with that daily grind is draining your creative energy as you brainstorm, create, and share your post every single day. Not to mention when things get busy, your content is the first to go. I'm Angela Prophet, and clients hire my agency for five-figure strategy days to batch and create magnetic content for social media. But in my upcoming free training, I'll share the methods my team uses to create amazing social content that allows you to stay consistent without spending all your waking hours on social media. Sign up today at gsdpowerhour.com. Welcome to Business Unveiled Podcast. This is the place where we help overwhelmed, time-starved entrepreneurs like you make the profitable shifts to get more done and get more out of life. I'm your host, Angela Prophet, award-winning eight-figure entrepreneur and CEO. And in every episode of Business Unveiled, I'm bringing you conversations that will give you the expertise and strategies that will scale your team and business so you can get shit done. That's GSD in our world. So get your time back and grow a business that helps you be present in your life. Let's do this, y'all. Hi, y'all. It's Angela. I'm back for another episode of Business Unveiled. And we have a super special guest today. I'm so excited to chat with him because we have so much in common in terms of being a serial entrepreneur. But what we don't have in common is understanding franchises. And I don't have any experience with it except some of my clients own franchises and then we have a few other clients that I've gotten into e-commerce this past year that say they're a franchise, but they're really not a franchise. And so I'm like, are they confused or am I confused? So I am going to ask our guest a couple questions today about that. So I'm super excited about it. He is the owner of Ion Franchising. And today we're going to talk about buying a franchise or franchising your business. Now, if you're new here, and you're a new entrepreneur, do not get scared away. We're not going to talk over your head, but I want you to know there's a lot of garbage out there about owning a franchise and how you buy into a franchise. It's absolutely a lucrative model, but you got to kind of know what you're doing. You got to do your homework. And as busy entrepreneurs, sometimes we forget to do the research and we forget to do our homework. So Lance is going to tell us everything that you need to know in this podcast today. So Lance, welcome to the show. Well, hello, Angela, and thank you so much for having me. And yes, I'm going to help everyone with their homework, just like you said. Yay, the Cliff Note version. So before we jump in and talk about your business and how you have just amazing track record, an amazing track record with franchises, Tell us about your journey. How did you grow up and what led you into what you're doing today? So I, I live in Las Vegas and have lived in the sort of the West Coast for a long time now, 20 plus do you years. all the time? I, I do not. That's kind of dangerous. But uh, <laughs> if you're, a, I guess, a professional, that might work, but not for me. 
And uh, I, I grew up in New York and I thought I was going to work on Wall Street uh, with dad. Dad was, uh, his company was the largest over-the-counter trading house on Wall Street. And I, I sort of was groomed for that. And many summers on Wall Street in the office and getting my accounting degree and eventually an economics degree, I, I realized, you know, fresh out of college, I said, this is kind of boring. I don't want to sit in, the, in an office in the concrete jungle. I need stimuli from people other than, you know, sitting in an office, staring at the back of chairs and what have you. And I, I realized there were greener pastures for me. And I had an uncle that uh, made his mark in technology before anybody else really did. And, and he wanted to build a big food company, restaurant company. And he did it with TGI Fridays in the, in 1989. So he lured me, he knew I was bored and he lured me to Scottsdale, Arizona, where we built a Friday's franchise from literally four locations to about 67 locations in about five years, doing 225 million a year. A lot of acquisitions. We didn't open every single store, but you talk about getting your MBA, uh, you know, besides having my undergraduate degree, I never got my MBA. That was my MBA in franchising and the restaurant business. I did it throughout college as well. And really enjoyed the hospitality piece of things and getting to know people and training people and motivating people. So the short version of the story is, so now I'm on the West Coast, worked with Uncle Stephen for five years, got bored again, did as much as I could. Stephen went back to Korea to go build more companies. And, uh, you know, fast forward, I ended up being a franchisee of Wingstop. I was a franchisee of Krispy Kreme Donuts. But I, I fell in love with franchising. You know, the fact that you can inherit, well, basically buy into somebody else's system, get a complete support package, training package, uh, marketing. They'll do your research and development ongoing because they want to remain competitive. And uh, it's a proven concept, easy to get in, easy to get out. Um, and Look, I created my own concepts as well. If we have time to talk about that, I created some successful brands and sold them. But I, I really, I realized I made a lot of mistakes. I made money, but I made a lot of mistakes with partners. I'm pretty aggressive. I don't just buy, I don't, I don't just dip my toe in. I'm completely, you know, submerged uh, in in this in this life. And when I did Wingstop, it was like. Yeah, I opened one, but three months later, I opened number two and then number three and number four. And most people make the mistake because they don't know how to operate these things. And in my case, operations were, it was actually easy. It was that I had the wrong financial partners and all we did was ever, we, all we did was argue. So over the years, I realized I am going to find the right way to help people so they can get into franchising the way I should have gotten into franchising because I had some structural mistakes with the wrong partners and the wrong, you know, setup for myself. And uh, today I represent, so fast forward to today, I represent more franchise brands than anybody in the US. I have a, a small team that helps me and supports me. And, and the best part is, as you mentioned at the top of this, helping people do their homework on franchising. Uh, I do the search component completely for free, free. Wow. And I will, you know, I make a commission, call it a success fee in the event I place somebody with one of my brands. 
but I really am an advocate for people to find the right franchise. I'm working with a young lady and that's a nurse and she's looking at IV infusion brands that I have. Wellness is hot these days, especially. And, you know, she's bringing in a partner. So now I'm coaching her. Don't make this mistake. Talk to an attorney. Do you need an attorney? I got 10 for you in your area. Do you need a franchise attorney? I got 15 of those. Whatever resource I can offer to people to be helpful. And I love to give people my opinion. And if I'm if I don't feel comfortable, hey, ask the attorney. But um, yeah, so that's the uh, sort of the quick version. But my dad, this is interesting. You know, there's a nature versus nurture argument discussion that's ongoing for people like you and I. How did we become who we are? Is there was there an environmental thing that resulted that made Angela and Lance become entrepreneurs or were they born that way? And, you know, both of my grandfathers were entrepreneurs. Uh, and I, and I really think I was born like this. And even if I wasn't, um, you know, watching them, my dad told me at a young age, based on my comments about my employers and what have you, the few jobs I actually had, my dad looked at me and goes, yeah, you're probably unemployable and you're kind of like your grandfather's and uh, you probably need to be really smart and be your own boss. But, you know, there's a lot of people that talk about mistakes and building on your failures and Look, I, I, I made plenty of mistakes and I am going to have a whole series of books. And I, I, guess I, I, I guess I share these books verbally with people as I give them examples of what to do and what not to do without scaring the heck out of them, of course. <laughs> well, the thing is, like, I would say that if you're going to go in and either be part of a franchise, you know, typically at least the ones I'm familiar with, there are always partners involved. And what I have seen is, especially with women, we, not me, but some women, if you're not potty trained, I call it potty train your brain to be funny, but it's like, you cannot lead with emotion. Like you have to go in and lead with data and the research and what works and fucking follow the process, like period. Because yeah. if we go in as, women and we try to change it based on emotion, you're not going to get the same results and the same outcomes. So you got to get over yourself real quick. And if you don't know what you're doing, then the process is already there. So if anybody's thinking about it, and it's so funny because depending on when you're listening to this podcast, there was this thing called COVID-19, like in the year 2020. And I got, I started to get all these emails from people through LinkedIn asking me, they're like, Hey, we're coming to Nashville. We're looking for franchise owners. Are you interested? And I'm like, why do people keep asking me that? Like, I'm already busy. I'm actually trying to phase out of companies. Like, I don't want another thing to do right now. I'm like building online programs and I, and I love that. And I'm trying to travel the world right now, but you know, COVID hit. And then it's like, okay, well, I guess we're going to put a screeching halt on this. So for somebody that, is that like a normal thing that people reach out to people on LinkedIn? I think they got my information through the entrepreneur organization. I'm in something called the exchange program where most of the people in EO, I mean, there's only about 14,000 members worldwide, but they're serious people. Like they're not out there just, and they pre-qualify and they do their freaking homework and but I'm just like, that's just kind of an odd email. And like, it keeps happening. 
And so I'm like, it, I, I, I'm like, my assistant's like, is this spam? I'm like, I think so. Just delete it. <laughs> so is that like a normal thing? If, if people are looking and they're getting these types of offers, like through LinkedIn and, and maybe the whole COVID year helped people get over themselves of like, I don't have to get on a plane and fly here and meet you in person. I can send an introductory email and we can have a conversation and decide if it's a good fit or not. Like, is, is that normal these days? <laughs> Yeah, you know, LinkedIn is, uh, you know, look, all the businesses I've owned over the years, again, creating concepts, owning a lot of concepts, you know, LinkedIn was one of those places that I would try to avoid because it was so salesy, even in the old days. And it's gotten a little bit worse, I think, these days. Um, so is it normal? Today, yes, because crazy to me, people, you know, mindset is so important, as you certainly know, if you can imagine how fearful people are. There's plenty of people I talk to that have worked at the same job for 25 plus years, and they think they need to do something else or know they need to do something else. And to make that leap is incredibly difficult for a lot of people. So when people see an entrepreneur like yourself, it's easy for you to get into a franchise because you have a higher risk tolerance. Totally. And you can you can do that assessment much quicker. And, uh, you know, I have multiple friends that own two or three different franchise brands, and not necessarily in the same industry. Some stay in their lane and others venture out to diversify. Um, as you mentioned, the pandemic, you know, it, it is good to diversify for all reasons. You know, classically, the world has invested in real estate, invested in Wall Street, and then you invest in some other sort of business and private equity groups today, it's all about franchising. Once they've exhausted their stock portfolio or real estate portfolio, um, home care is enormously popular these days. And most of my 30 home care brands, home health care brands, non-medical, are owned by private equity groups. You know, so you know, look, it, it is about mindset. And when they find someone like you, that they don't have to worry about the fear factor, you're ready to jump. And franchising is truly about modeling success. So they find people that that know they can easily jump into a model and follow a system without reinventing the wheel. Because you know, what does it take? I mentioned the IV infusion model. I, I have people that call me nurses or doctors that call me very regularly, because it's a hot industry. And they say, yeah, Lance, I want to explore some of your IV infusion brands. And if none of them are really right for me, I'm going to start my own. And I was like, well, you can. Do you have any idea how much money and time that takes? I have one brand that has 17 different vendors for their little IV infusion brand. You can do it on your own. Good luck. <laughs> and let me know how that goes in about three years. <laughs> it doesn't happen overnight. <laughs> but if you, ha I tell people, if you have a passion, do it. Mark Zuckerberg created Facebook. He obviously didn't want to do anything else. He started in college. That's what his idea was. He did a great, great job. But he had a passion for that. He had an idea. Most people aren't singularly focused on one thing. And, and, you know, that is the beauty of franchising. You get to fall into a system. I have one of my favorite stories. I have a family friend who has uh, 20 franchise hair salons, 20. 
the guy doesn't have hair. I think all of his hair fell out in college. So, you know, <laughs> oh because gosh. people people picture themselves in a in business. And in some cases, it's the sexy business. I don't know why guys always think of owning a club or a restaurant or a bar. Maybe when they're younger, that's what they think about. They don't think of a guy that has no hair that doesn't cut hair for a living, doesn't think of owning a hair salon. So when he was pitched this idea from a consultant, he was like, what are you nuts? That's probably the worst idea I've ever heard. Yet today he has 20 of them and probably nets a million and a half dollars a year, not working very hard and has a full team in place. So that's what franchising does. It's wealth building, an opportunity to be a, to build wealth without inventing Facebook. And so with, if, if there's a new business owner listening, or if there's somebody that is an experienced business owner and they're like, okay, I might consider this. Do you have like the top recession proof type brand or just arm of industry that you would say, you know, I feel really good about this. And, and I know from the being in events and growing up in the restaurant world, like my parents were not entrepreneurs at all. In fact, my dad thought I was on drugs when I was like, I'm getting out of healthcare. <laughs> and he's like, did you fall in it at your head? And I'm like, I can always go back, but I'm going to like try this entrepreneur thing. And then I had to find my people and I had to surround myself with the right people to actually teach me the mindset and teach me to work smarter, not harder, because I had no effing clue what I was doing. And so once I started to put the processes and the systems, which is exactly what we teach other creative business owners to do now from a productivity perspective, is how to set up all your systems in the cloud and how to make sure you have a process. So when you onboard people, then everybody understands like there's already a process in place. And when you don't follow a process, shit falls apart real quick. And if it, it's falling apart internally, what do you think is happening externally to the clients that you're bringing in? So system and processes, it, it works. And, you know, we've, we've all probably heard like good and bad stories of franchises. And even with the pandemic, I mean, there's some restaurants, they had to pivot really effing quickly. And from a franchise perspective, like we have a women's clothing brand. They're our client. They have 30 brick and mortars and they, they've been trying to really get the e-commerce up and going. And so can you imagine bringing 30 women together who've owned the brick and mortars for a while? <laughs> and they're like, and we all want to sell our clothing online. And I'm like, well, it's not that easy. And e-commerce is really, it's like own entity. So do you want to buy into it or not? Because there's definitely an investment up front to build it all out. And of course, they have no clue on the back end what it takes to run Shopify, the 35 plugins. They have no clue that one little click and then it has to sync with your inventory. I mean, they, they don't understand because corporate takes Absolutely. care of everything. And that's the beauty of being part of a, a, a franchise. But what do you think is, is there anything that is recession proof or something that you see that is just really hot right now? That, that is what's crazy because to so many people, the sky is falling everywhere and anywhere. Not for us. Run, <laughs> run for cover. But the reality is, okay, of course, there are some businesses that you should not be in right now. 
for example, a big box restaurant like a TGI Fridays or an Applebee's or whatever, that's not the place to be soaking up all that rent in a big building that you can't even fill up. But believe it or not, small restaurants, I actually had a yell, I was on a call, a group call, and somebody was saying, well, rest, the restaurant business is the worst business to be in right now. And I said, whoa, 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 no, that's not the case. I have plenty of friends in small restaurant franchises, uh, you know, under 2000 square feet that are up 10 to 30% over last year with an amazing profitability because they're restricted to who can even come in their building. So they're getting more takeout business, more delivery, and, and the profit margins overall are, are good, but more important than sales are up. So no big restaurants right now. Let's talk about you know, automotive essential businesses. People still need their cars fixed, although they're not driving them as much. So maybe the automotive business isn't, you know, but the automotive business, uh, alternative healthcare, like I said, wellness or IV infusion brands, uh, home healthcare, I mentioned earlier, companion care, um, amazing, amazing business, uh, cleaning services, commercial cleaning and residential. Now, there was a pause during this pandemic. There was a big pause in about March for about 30 to 45 days where nobody knew what to do. And that month was terrible for any business. Um, but uh, now that we've been out of that, most brands that I have, let's say in, in home improvement, you know, people were getting their floors done, their blinds redone or, or adding, uh, you know, painting their house. There was so much that went on because everybody was home. You know, and, and you're like, all your project list is growing. And so the home services brands are absolutely incredible. Uh, real estate related brands, pet services, you know, grooming, training. Um, we have so many pet related service brands. So there's, there's more that are typically recession proof these days. I mean, the home services brands, I can tell you are completely recession proof at this point. Or let me rephrase that pandemic proof. Yep. Because people yep. somehow still have money. <laughs> it's coming from somewhere. Yep. It's coming from somewhere. And I think too, like, I mean, we even had to, just like every other business that March, I was actually in Vegas speaking at an event at one of the casinos. And I was at dinner with a bunch of people. And my mother texted me. And she's like, oh my God, you have to take a red eye home. They're shutting down the airports. And I'm like, quit overreacting like you always do. And then I got the notification on my phone that said the NBA was shutting down their schedule. And I'm like, oh shit, maybe this is actually kind of serious. And so, you know, I'd had a few glasses of wine and, you know, we're all laughing and, and giggling, but it's like everybody was kind of getting the alert on their Apple news at the same time. And you could like feel the energy in the restaurant, like drop. Yeah. And so I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to get on the Southwest app and see if I can. And I did, like, I went to the airport because I didn't want to get stuck in Vegas. And I certainly didn't want to rent a car and drive because that's kind of a, a far trip. Heck yeah. I, I just, I wouldn't be able to drive that. And then I got home, I'm like, I just don't understand what's happening. And so I have a lot of clients that were physicians and I had a um, infectious disease 
client. And so I texted him. I'm like, what is this thing? Like, he's like, oh, and it's just going to be bad. Like, it's going to shut down your event company. It's going to shut down your co-working space. He's like, I'm glad you, I, I, I'm, I know you'll be okay because you know how to make money online. But all this, he's like, it, it's really bad. And he's like, it's been going on. But the, uh, the way that the media, and I mean, it's just sickening what the media does with it, but he's like in the next 48 hours, you need to alert your clients and let them know that, that the world is basically going to shut down. And, you know, I highly respect this guy. I'm like, shit. Okay. And then in 48 hours, you know, all the emails and the phone calls and the texts and the Marco Polos and people were freaking out. And I'm like, I don't know what to do, but like, I need about two weeks and like, I'm gonna, we'll figure it out. And, um, you know, I never stop and think like, it's a, it's a lot of pressure. My mom's like, what are you going to do? And I'm like, I need you to quit asking me questions because I don't have an answer, but that's what entrepreneurs are good at. And if you look at past recessions or not that we ever went through a pandemic, But you look at some of the larger companies and I started to research, which I'm not good at research, but it's like, okay, what have other companies done in the past when some things like this happen and really good things come out of it? Ideas come out of it. Absolutely. What I recognized about myself was that I was really comfortable doing what I was doing. And I'm like, okay, it's time to get uncomfortable and learn some new shit. And that's what we did. And we started learning new platforms. I started networking with new EO people all around the world, learning how to build, which I love designing on 3D platforms. I'm really big into VR. I did a lot of stuff with Oculus when it first came out to build floor plans for private islands that they could sell the video and send it to prospect clients and sell their island with sight unseen. So none of this was foreign to me, but having like a hundred people all trying to come to me to get an answer was a little bit concerning. So I turned everything off. I think people thought something was wrong with me because I just went, went black on social media and everything, but it's like, sometimes like those are really healthy growth opportunities And so for franchises, I'm sure that you have that upper support where it's like, you don't have to come up with all the answers because corporate typically is up there trying to figure it out. And they're rolling out marketing campaigns. They're the ones that, that are doing the remessaging, doing the ads, their team is, is building all of that. And then it gets pushed down to you as a franchisee's own owner, and you don't have to do all of that. So for me, I'm like, well, shit, maybe this is a good thing. <laughs> like, you don't have to come it, up with it by, by yourself. No. And, and that's so you, you make some great points. Uh, you know, where there's adversity, there is absolutely opportunity. And a lot of uh, big wigs, big motivational speakers, the Tony Robbins of the world, uh, Mark Cuban, they've all come out and more or less said the same thing through this this crazy pandemic. There's going to be more millionaires created during this time than, than not. And, and here's what it comes down to, you know, franchising, you hit it on the head. You're certainly not, you're in business by yourself. I mean, (laughs) for yourself, but not by yourself. You have a brand backing you up. You know, most of our brands, when the, the, you know, the shit hit the fan, they're getting PPP money for their brands. They're negotiating with attorneys. They did so many things for their franchisees, you know, waiving royalty payments, whatever, whatever it took. And 
you know, it's the same thing when you select a franchise and, and because of the pandemic, you know, the first call, when I introduce somebody to a brand, the first call I call the coffee date. And then as you get more serious, it becomes like the dinner date. And then it becomes meet the parents and the meet the parents are meeting the, the, the executive team. And, the, and, you know, you're proving to the executive team why, why you're worthy of their brand. And they ha still have to prove to you why their brand is worthy for you and your family. And then my favorite part, though, Angela, is the validation stage. In the validation stage, that's when the executive team more or less says, you know, Angela, you're fantastic. You know, what we need you to do now is here's a list of our franchisees. Call whoever you want and report back to us next week. Call three, four, five people. And, and basically, you as a prospective franchisee of a specific brand get to ask questions like, would you do this again? What kind of money do you make? What's the worst thing that corporate does that doesn't does they do or don't do for you? Best and worst. Um, you know, things like that. And you start to figure out right away, should I do this? And and then you feel good about it or not. And nowadays, of course, in the future, people will be asking, well, how did you handle the pandemic? And you're 100% correct. They switch all their marketing efforts to counteract whatever that is in their industry that they need to do. And the reality is, when you're an independent business, all of these, the, so many of these business closures are independent businesses. They don't have support. They don't have the ability through technology. Franchising changed dramatically 10, 11 years ago, probably 11 years ago or so when Google came out and, and search engine optimization became a thing. And, you know, I have brands that in the moving business, and do you know that 80% of their business as a franchisee for one brand in particular comes from technology because of corporate. And if you're an independent operator, you can't afford to compete. So franchising is fantastic for many, many reasons. And one of my favorite expressions is clarity is currency. And I help people get really clear. They might not know what franchise they want to get into. They might have some desire to get into a certain industry or explore a certain industry. But at the end of the day, it's about the benefits. Like, why does somebody lose weight? Is it, is it just because they want to look better? Is it because they want to feel better? It doesn't matter. The reality is for them, there are benefits to why they want to lose weight. So you want to own your own business. You want to buy a, a franchise because it's easier and it's lower risk. What are those benefits you're looking for? Well, Lance, I only have $60,000. Well, great. I can get you an SBA loan. 25% down. 680 credit score minimum. I can help you with the lenders. And well, well, tell me what you want to do. What is your lifestyle? Well, I have to have weekends off. I have to have nights off. I have to, you know, I could find a brand that fits the benefits that are most important to you. So anyway, those are just some of the examples. So that was going to be my next question, because I know anybody that's listening, they're probably like, do what that's for millionaires. Like, I just don't have a bunch of money sitting around and I mean, even some of my friends right now, post pandemic, um, you know, they 
didn't have the time or really the resources to sit down and fill out all that paperwork or submit all that paperwork for like all of these loans and all of these things, thank God I have a good accountant and she's psycho anal. And <laughs> I'm like, can I just pay you to do this? And she's like, yep, just sign right here. Um, but I actually did have to take time and I'm like, I'm like, is this free money? Like, is this like real? I'm like, I don't have to trans cash out of stock or transfer some things. And she's like, no, like this, this is legit. And there was a lot of help out there, like you said, but a lot of people, they don't have the support and they don't have the right people around them to like help run their business. And so a lot of my friends, like they're like, fuck this. I'm, I'm done. You know, they, I, a friend of mine owned 60 sprint stores around the, in the South. And I got an email from him the other day and he said, I'm, uh, I'm selling, like I'm closing up shop. And I'm like, well, weren't you going to, were you going to do this anyway? And he's, he's been in it for a while. And he's like, this was just the icing on the cake, but he has started a new venture and he's fine with it. He's like, this just kind of expedited the process, yeah. but there's so many other new opportunities out there because of technology. He's like, I'm tired of this. I want to do this now. Absolutely. And like all the opportunities with e-commerce these days and with online being, being able to make money online and then learning how to run ads. It's not that it's easy, but once you get the strategy and the system down, Facebook and Google and tracking and pixel codes, it, it has made it much more obtainable to actually reach the audiences that you want to reach if you know what you're doing and market to them and get a phenomenal ROI on the marketing. And, and I, I, although I'm not like a numbers data guru and I used to not love it, I love it now because it's like a game. <laughs> It's like, yeah. okay, well, if this isn't working, let's do this and let's do this. But again, from a franchise model, that's what people are doing at corporate. And then they're yes. gathering all that data to help support you to be a profitable business yes. owner. <laughs> Bottom, yes. line. Well, Bottom line. You, you hit it on the head, the KPIs, the, the metrics, all of that, any franchisor knows exactly what it takes to ramp up. So for example, if you were buying a, a fitness brand, a little boutique fitness brand, they can tell you about ramping up in pre-sales before you ever open, how many memberships you need, what price point, um, how to advertise it, because they've done it time and time again. And that is, again, part of the validation stage. You get to hear this from other franchisees on how this gets done. And I have some fitness brands shocking to hear this, that even through the pandemic are fine. And, and they're expecting an enormous 2021 due to what happened in, in 2020. And for the most part, they held on because they had content that they can give all their members online across all of their brands, a little yoga, a little cycling, little this, little that. So it's about offering value to your customers and franchising is an amazing way to deliver that. One of the co-working spaces that I'm part of, we, I'm, I'm co-founder and my business partner, she's not great with technology. And when all this came out, she's like, oh my God, we just opened in February and it took us almost two years to build it out. And she's like, oh my God, what are we going to do? I'm like, we're going to get a Zoom account for that place 
and we are going to add value online. And as long as we can get it together and get all the links to people and we are servicing them, we're asking our members, where can we best help? We got some of the best, sharpest business owners, entrepreneurs out there offering their services for free and, and helping people coach and consult through the pandemic, they would never have been able to have access to some of those people. And so we lost like two members through like an eight month period because we were able to pivot and provide value. And now that we're able to have people back in, there's people that are asking, well, are you going to keep a digital membership? Because I moved to North Carolina and I, but it was so valuable. I'd like to continue. So that was never like in the business plan until I have a digital membership, but we're like, you listen to your audience. We're like, okay, we can create that. The technology is there. We can do that, but you've got to learn to be flexible. I have a group. I have a brand that had a face-to-face professional development group for entrepreneurs and they were outrageously successful before the pandemic, but it was all face-to-face. So you know exactly what they did. They went right to Zoom. And while they were successful on Zoom, they didn't like certain features of Zoom. So guess what? They spent a quarter of a million dollars quickly and they created their own. That is the most incredible platform ever. And I was on I was on it the other day. I, well, I forgot it was it was a name they they created it. But the okay. point is that when you participate in this, you feel like you're walking into a ballroom at a big casino in Vegas. You see the rounds of ten, and you see people sitting there, and you sit down at a seat and you have a conversation with them before the event starts. So cool! It's incredible. It makes you really feel like you're there. You can have private conversations after the event as well. So. This is where the adversity creates this opportunity because they never would have done this. Maybe they would have, maybe it would have been 10 years from now, but they were really forced to, you know, the old expression, innovate or die. (laughs) That's really what this comes down to for some people. Yes, it's so true. So if someone is interested in anything, can they just reach out to you? Absolutely. I, I love being guests on great podcasts like this because so many people do reach out to me either at my website or, well, typically through my website, but it's everything about me is I on franchising, I-O-N franchising.com. On my website, I also have a free assessment. If people are looking for a franchise, the free assessment, 15 minutes, it'll take maybe, maybe 10. It, it assesses really your mindset in addition to your skills and how you can better leverage your skills and your risk tolerance, investment level, and and what is it what is most suitable for you, and uh, I, I find it very handy. And I, I basically talk to people for only about fifteen minutes, and and with that assessment, I could at least start an initial search. And Angela, I'm free, I'm free and easy. That's amazing. I mean, I know nothing comes free these days because all good and valuable things, it's always going to circle back. But what I've learned just from looking into your website is all the diverse brands that you, you're familiar with them all. And so instead of people wasting their time going online, Googling, like, what should I be doing? 
I mean, typically what I've seen is there's a passion, like someone has a passion for something and they already know what that burning passion is, but they don't, they think they don't have the money to do it, or they think they don't have the support because they're not surrounded by people. And so they can reach out to you. Exactly. I'm another question. So I had a friend who actually, she was in the event planning industry And she, she and I both have very unique operations where yes, we can run million dollar plus events, but what it comes down to is the strategy of it, everything being paperless and online and and the way that everybody is, we probably train their brain. She was going to become a franchise and she had gotten some investors that she had met. So how does that work? If you have the idea, but you might not have the credit score at the time she was going through a divorce husband took her to the cleaners had all kinds of debt i mean you know yes <laughs> i've been there i've heard about this <laughs> so it's like what have you seen good outcomes for people that are trying to go out there and they've built a 30-year business and a strategy but they don't have the credit score they don't have the money have you seen good relationships come out of investors investing in these processes and then being more in control of helping that person get there? Yeah, we might need an entire another uh, second session to talk about this topic. But the beauty of franchising for, matter of fact, I did a webinar not too long ago on franchising your business uh, with one of my partners. And that's one of my favorite parts of the business is taking entrepreneurs that already have a successful business, that already have their systems in place. And it doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be something that, you know, you've made successful. You're, you're making money. You have a brand that people know, even if it's a local brand. And then we can help create the franchise system. It can be very expensive depending on who you use to set up the legal aspects. If you own a franchise, you have to have what's called a franchise disclosure document and a franchise agreement and register in all the various states you want to do business. But it's, I can help, again, a free phone call to help people with that. I I just set up a young lady who has a couple of salon suites concepts, her own brand in Atlanta. I got her through another now famous restaurant brand that I set up who is doing outrageously well even in spite of the pandemic, they did $3 million. Now I really can't tell you who they are, but they did $3 million at a downtown major city location in the pandemic with people lined up around the block because they have an amazing Instagram presence, amazing things that they did for their community throughout the pandemic. And I set them up for franchising as well. But this uh, other lady, amazing Salon Suites brand, two locations, boom, she set up for franchising, didn't cost her much. But when people need partners or they need money, we can also help with that. We are in the process of partnering with people, you know, to help them. Because think about this. We don't want to take anybody's current business, let them continue to operate that. But what if I can help them set up a franchise system, do the sales, help them with the operations, and then they get to expand. Talk about all that incremental revenue. And that's, everybody talks about multiple streams of income. Well, that's what franchising is. Keep your day business, so to speak, 
and expand it across the country and invite others to use your business. And let me tell you, private equity groups, if you're going to sell a franchise that you own, you own a couple of franchised restaurants or whatever, you're typically going to sell for about four times your cash flow, your EBITDA number. And if you own a fran, if you are a franchisor, you're the company. You could sell for ten to fifteen times that cash flow number. So, again, we can talk about this in a, at a later date. It's incredible for independent business owners to grow through franchising, but you have to like people because you're going to have to still have the final interview. All right, Angela, you're the boss. Meet Joe. Joe and his wife want to be a franchise franchisee for you. Well, if you don't like people and you don't like training people, and it's not going to work. And there are people like that. <laughs> we know people yes, like there that. there are. <laughs> we know people yes. like that. <laughs> they don't like to play well. Yep. And if you like to see people flourish and grow like you did and do it the right way, which I love to make people successful. And, and for that matter, just help them along the way because some people just need a nudge. Have you heard the expression, a friend of mine used it recently and I, I can't believe I haven't heard it in years. You know, it's not about IQ. Some people think you have to be a millionaire to own a franchise and you have to be so smart to own a company of your own. That's not true. Your I will is a lot more important than your IQ. I love, I've never heard that. I love that. <laughs> well, That's there you go. And that's, yeah, I love that. Your I will. Well, and again, you have to be a risk taker and you also have to go into it with, there's always going to be learning opportunities. Shit ain't perfect. Uh, if it was, everybody would do it. And then we wouldn't just have 10% of, I don't know, the, the latest study that I saw of people that are out there starting new things and creating new opportunities for other people. This uh, is not for everybody. So that's a great note to end on. We're out of time. I could keep on talking forever, but I'm, <laughs> I'm getting the nudge from my calendar. So we will put all of your information in the show notes. If you are at all thinking about any type of franchise, you want to reach out to Lance. He's your guy. He knows his stuff. And you can go to the website, fill out the assessment and connect because all it's going to cost you is your time. And time is your most valuable asset. And it could be the most well worth 15 minutes that could actually change your life. So Absolutely. make sure that you reach out to Lance and thanks for being here today. Thank you so much for having me, Angela. I look forward to part two. Awesome. Everybody listening, thank you so much for your time and be sure to tune in next week for another episode of Business Unveiled. Bye. What's up, GSD leaders? Thank you so much for tuning in. I would love for you to text me your number one takeaway, any feedback that you have. And we're also starting a new series called The Number One Time Suck, how you can be more productive in GSD and everyday life so you can be present. So if you can help us out and let me know, just text me your number one time suck, 615-527-8755. Let's get shit done.